You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reads Blaster Master. Previously on this season of Blaster Master, we were introduced to Jason, a frog loving kid who accidentally slid face first into a heap load of trouble. Together, he and Eve, an alien woman who inadvertently brought certain doom to the planet, had to fight their way to the dreaded plutonium boss. But when Eve was kidnapped, Jason had to go it alone. Before long, Jason came face to face with Alex, a friend from the above world who was also a pet lover. The two heroes are now at the end of their adventure, looking to take down the final underboss. There's only one problem. The final boss is Jason's pet frog. It's time once again for another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Blaster Master. Chapter 18 What is happening to you? Alex's voice was getting closer. Give me the laser! Jason spun around and grabbed the gun. Don't you touch him! He said through clenched teeth. Alex stared at him, dumbfounded. Jason, he's a monster. He's going to kill us. Do you want to die? I hope not, because because I'll be really angry if you leave me alone down here. A long, fiery tongue whipped out of the creature's mouth. It brushed up against Jason and Alex, flinging them across the room like paper dolls. Die! Ah! Alex cried out, tumbling head over heels. He landed next to a ten-foot-high granite boulder. Wincing with pain, he looked up at Jason. Now are you happy? Gee, it sure is fun getting knocked against a humongous rock. Maybe next time he'll throw us through it. The creature was eyeing them from across the room. It squatted on its hind legs sprang into the air. Its shadow enveloped the white floor in black. Jason and Alex looked up helplessly and the mammoth amphibian plummeted back towards them. Alex grabbed Jason's arm. Come on! He pulled Jason behind the boulder. They fell to the floor. When the frog landed, the room shook as if it had just exploded. Now... Would you mind coming to your senses? Alex demanded. Or at least give me your gun so I can blast this ugly thing to pieces. Jason looked up at Alex. His eyes were rimmed with red. The fierceness in his face had melted away. All that was left was a shattered and lonely boy. Alex, he said, his voice cracking. That ugly thing is my, my, my pet frog. Alex backed off. He stared at Jason for a few seconds, processing the last statement. Then, measuring his words carefully, he said, Jason Frednick, you've truly gone wacko. Maybe you ought to stay here and cool off for a second while I... I'm serious, Alex. Sure, Jason. You kept him in your garage, right? A a special garage, 
four stories high with padding on the ceiling for cushion so that it wouldn't hurt his head when he jumps. Jason grabbed Alex's shoulders. Listen to me, will you? You know the kind of stuff the plutonium boss is into? Genetic engineering and nuclear mutations? He turned my little pet frog into... into that... that... that thing! Freak! There was a loud cracking noise on the other side of the rock. Fred was trying to knock a path around the edge. How can you be so sure it's him? Alex asked. I just know... When you've been around a pet every day of your life, you get to know him like a person. If Fred were in a room with all the other frogs from Long Island, I'd be able to tell him apart in a second. Alex nodded. I felt the same way about Pluktark. Pluktark? Yeah, my pet lobster. Alex lowered his eyes. It was the fifth Thunderboss. So, you knew I wasn't crazy all along? Jason said. Why didn't you say anything? You know, when we were on level five. Break! The rock shook. Fragments of granite shot upwards from the other side of the rock. If Fred couldn't get around... He was going to just blast his way right through. I didn't say anything, Jason, because it wasn't really Pluktark. But you just said... That's my point, Jason. Our pet were gone. They're gone! The minute the plutonium boss began changing them, they became something different. Robots, killing machines, whatever personalities. They, they, they are history, pal. Just remember, you are no longer looking at Fred. You're facing a creation of the most evil creature in the world. We've destroyed all of his underbosses, and now he's trying to prey on your weaknesses. He knows we'd never fire on our own pets. But he's wrong, Jason, because Fred and Plucktark are dead. They're dead. He killed them. And you know what? If they could... They'd be cheering us on right now. Break! The entire top of the boulder flew off, crashing into the wall to their side. They dove to the ground for cover. Jason reached for his gun. When he sat up, his face was set with grim determination. You, you know what, Buffoni? I never really thought I would hear you say something that actually made sense. Alex smiled. We're in this together. Let's go, was Jason's reply. Holding the laser with two hands, he stepped around the boulder. He planted his feet in firing position. The creature that was once Fred turned to face him. His mouth was twisted into a horrible leer. Smoke billowed out from between his lips. Before it had a chance to shoot out its tongue, Jason opened fire. Break! Break! The scream sliced through Jason from his head to his toes by way of his heart. The force of the explosion threw him backwards. The light was as intense as five suns. 
ice and dirt began falling from the ceiling. Huddled on the ground, he thought about time travel. Going back. Taking back the shot. If only he could. When he looked up, he caught his last glimpse of Fred. More gas than solid, vaporizing before his eyes. On Fred's face was an expression, clear as day. It was a look of shock, of fear, of betrayal. The same look Jason had seen when Fred had disappeared into the swamp. His head turned towards Jason, and he let out a tiny, helpless ribbit. The next moment, Fred was gone. Chapter 19 No! Jason's voice was raw with emotion. Then, with the force of a megaton blast, he understood what he had just done. A scream welled up from the bottom of his gut. No! A falling chunk of ice just missed his head. Come on, let's get out of here. He heard Alex shout. Jason welled up. You, you lied to me, he said. That was Fred, or at least there was some of him left, some hope. But, but now, now he's... More ice and soil spat towards them from a wall suddenly collapsing. Alex grabbed Jason by the wrist. Leader for that. This place is caving in. Jason realized his friend was right. Fred was gone. But now they had to save their own lives. They ran out the door and into the outer room. There, blades of ice were raining from the roof like oversized sleet. What a way to go, Alex shouted, impaled by an icicle. It was getting harder to maneuver. The ground was covered with piles of debris. Jason fell, then Alex. The outer door was now 20 feet away. Alex moaned. My ankle! Jason pulled him up. He put his arm around his friend's shoulder. Here, lean on me! Together, they began hobbling towards the door. But it was too late. A refrigerator-sized chunk of the ceiling fell in front of them in front of the door. Great, Alex said. Now what? Jason opened his mouth to answer, but it was interrupted. Now what? Do you think you have a choice? The force of the plutonium boss's voice alone was like a dynamite blast. Jason and Alex were flattened against the floor. There wasn't time to think. Then... Jason and Alex were lifted off the floor. They hovered in the air, as if supported by invisible hands. What the? was all Alex could say before he and Jason began to move. Through the air, through walls, through tunnels, at blinding speeds. They passed through every level, every room, all the robots, all the enemies they had faced now stood motionless, silently watching Jason and Alex speed by. 
They shot towards granite walls. Steel walls. Each time, they covered their heads. But when they passed through, they didn't feel a thing. Somehow, they were being protected. They were traveling in another dimension. They were being saved for... something. And when they stopped, they had an idea of what that something was. Standing before them was the Plutonium Boss. Game hint. After you defeat the underboss in level 6, get the wall walking power. Go back to level 2 and find the secret door to level 7. And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Blaster Master. Step aside, Mr. Singer, because today I want to talk to Jason. That's right, Jason. What, what, he isn't a real person? Well, you know what, neither are you. Your name isn't A.L. Singer, but rather Peter Lingaris. So, so get out of my way, fatso, and let me address Jason Frodnick one-on-one. Alright, now that it's just you and me, I have a few things I want to say to you. For starters, get over your frog. Seriously, it's just a frog. You can go and get another one. You can even call him Fred for all I care. I know you contend that you can tell Fred apart from the Jimmys, the Georges, and all the other frogs out there, but you can't. You just can't. If, if we put you in a room with every other frog, not only would you not be able to find Fred, but it would be the most overpowering stench you have ever smelled. After looking through hundreds of thousands of frogs, you would, you would, we would find you all curled up in the fetal position wanting to go home. Hey, that's actually a pretty good idea for a sequel. A.L. Singer needs to do that. Get him on that. And just when I think you're finally growing a pair of balls, you turn around and talk about wanting to do a do-over. You want a do-over? You, you, you want a time travel... So you can take back the shot that killed your pet frog so that you can, what, die at the tongue of, of Fred? What are you, daft? Uh, if you had the opportunity to time travel, why not go back to before the book even started and secure Fred's cage just a little bit better? Why not be a little bit more prepared for, for what is coming? How stupid are you? In fact... If you're going to time travel, if you have a, a, tra- a time travel machine, why even worry about Fred at all? Just just go back to the beginning, get Fred, and then go on this awesome adventure. Like, like stop the government from killing JFK, or, or, or tell Amelia Earhart not to take that flight, uh, warn all the people on, on the, the, the Hindenburg, uh, warn Hawaii of the Pearl Harbor attack. I mean, come on. There are so many things that you can do. And really, wouldn't that make for a much better book series? You and your, your pet frog of traveling through time and, and the world and solving mysteries and resolving some of the world's uh, biggest tragedies. It's a way better than the shit A.L. Singer has me reading. And one more thing. Can, can, you, can you just smack Alex for me? Just, just the right hand to the cheek. 
Who the hell has a pet lobster? And and and, and, and if that wasn't bad enough, who calls him Plucktard? Plucktard? And even if I'm willing to accept that Alex has a pet lobster named Plucktard, I still don't understand how we let him go. Lobsters aren't exactly fast runners, especially when they're on dry land. I can understand having problems catching a frog, but a lobster? Give me a break. You know, this, this whole book's really starting to collapse, and, and I think that you're the one to blame. I'm sick of, of talking to you. In fact, just put, put A.L. Singer back. Actually, forget it. Forget it. I'll just I'll just talk to him next week. Right right now, I'm just gonna go and calm down, and 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 get ready for the final three chapters of Cyril Reed's Blaster Master. Until then, I'm Cyril Lachelle.